0: the third win against the top 10 and the orange had them all the way they
1: didn't look into
0: your heart they didn't look into your heart they didn't look into my heart a three for the win battle boom And the orange do it again the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time this is orange nation with Stephen fonte and seth goldberg Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonti. It's a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Duntire, 315-437-7644. If you'd like to get involved, just one guest lined up for you today, Adrian Autry, SU assistant coach, will join us at 1230 as he does every Monday. It's been a while since we've had a chance to talk about an SU men's basketball game. The Orange will return to action, of course, on Wednesday at home against Boston College. So we'll touch on some basketball Uh, But we're going to spend a good part of today talking football. And again, we want to hear from you at 315-437-7644. And Seth, you and I have been doing this show together since the end of the summer, since late August. Um, Do you ever get tired of coming in here on Monday and saying, Steve, you're right again? Did I not say all along that the <laughs> Eagles were going to find a way to get to the Super Bowl you with did. the home field? You did. With Nick Foles as their quarterback, with that defense, with that running game. Listen, the weekend didn't quite play out the way that I thought. I thought the Patriots would win in lopsided fashion, I thought the Eagles game was going to be close. It was reversed. But we get the matchup that I thought we'd have all along from the moment the playoffs started, and that's Patriots Eagles yeah. in Super Bowl Fifty Two. Yeah, Did it's you, okay. You can tell me I'm right. That's okay.
2: fine. I mean, hey, that that's fine. You're right. Uh, I was wrong. I was very wrong uh, on that Vikings game. I, I thought that the Vikings would win. I thought that Case Keenum would uh, prove to be better. And it was a bad time for that whole team to play their worst game of the year. And how about since the end of the second half, Uh the end of the first half of that Saints game? I mean, they allowed 38 points in the game, in this game. They allowed 24 points in the second half of that Saints game. They got outscored 62-19 to over their last three halves of football this year. I mean, that's unbelievable for a team that had been so good defensively all year um, and, you know, had just been such a dominant force. Did you just get pushed around and thrown around? Um, That was incredible. I I could not believe what we saw out of the Vikings. That that effort just w- was awful. I did not expect
0: 38-7 to no. on the Eagles. I did not expect Nick Foles to play like that. Uh, but I am not surprised that we've got Eagles-Patriots uh, in the Super Bowl. I do want to spend a lot of time on that AFC title game, on the Patriots, on the Jags. Uh, let's get a phone call in, though. Uh, Jake in Syracuse, anxious to kick us off today on Orange Nation. He wants to talk some football. What's up, Jake? Yeah, guys, how you doing? Good. Um, today, this morning, it sucks to be Bordos. It, it
2: sucks to be Case Keenum, but how much does it suck to be Carson Wentz right now? I mean, that you could be starting quarterback at the Super Bowl. That's got to hurt. And as for the Patriots, uh, remind me again how many uh, how many flags were thrown on the Patriots yesterday. Thanks for taking my Oh, talk. stop. That's Six a dumb penalties excuse.
0: for the Jags for 98 yards. A grand total of one penalty oh, on the Patriots. It, it was a hold on,
2: on a kickoff. That's a dumb excuse, though. Like, they were clearly the better team. They were bored for, what? 45 of the 60 minutes, and then they decided to play and they won? Like, let's not act like they weren't the better team. And and you could say there was a flag disparity, and the first pass interference call was a joke, uh, and I wouldn't disagree with you, but let's stop. Like, let's not go there. Because they were clearly the better team yesterday, right? Like, they are clearly a better team, and they are clearly the best team in that conference, and they were over the course of the year. So let's just relax. Let me ask you this.
0: And I understand where Jake's come from. Listen, as you all know, I'm a Bills fan. I I hate the Patriots. Um, I said jokingly last week that I I wasn't going to watch because I I didn't have a dog in the fight and I couldn't root for either team. I obviously watched the game, and very quickly I realized that I did care who won. I did not want the Patriots to win that game. Um, So I get where he's coming from. Six penalties against the Jags, one for the Patriots. That's not what decided the game. You said the Patriots were the better team. Can I amend that? Sure. My, because my take on it would be they had the better coach and they had the better quarterback, but I'm not sure they were the better team in that the Jags did everything the Jags wanted to do in this game. They ran the ball, play action pass, they, they jumped did. out to a lead, their defense was, was doing its thing, and what happened at the end of the game? And at the end of the first half, for that matter, Doug Marone, Nathaniel the Hackett foot. got yep. super conservative. And they said, they took a risk. They said, you know what? We are resigned to the fact that the Patriots are going to get the ball back. We think our defense can stop Tom Brady. And maybe that works if you're Doug Marone and you're playing West Virginia and Geno Smith. Or maybe that works if when you're you Doug Ty Taylor and you're playing Tyrod Taylor and the Bills took the words out of my mouth. That does not work against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots because you knew when they were dropping... Driving down 10 you knew we've seen this before we know how this story ends and instead of staying aggressive and staying with the play action pass and I understand why they did it they've got Blake Bortles as their quarterback and they've got a really good defense and Doug Merone played to his strengths but you cannot do that against Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and the Patriots. They re- were resigned to the fact we're going to kill as much Tom as possible, we're going to be super conservative, we're not going to turn the ball over, and we're going to rely on our defense to stop Tom Brady with the game on the line in the fourth quarter in Foxborough. You do not do that, and it came back to bite him.
2: Oh, it absolutely did. And when you look at that game, it, it turned at the end of the first half with, uh, I think it turned with the delay game call then, forced a, a three and out, and then the Patriots go and they score. Um, but then they get the ball back, and there's less than a minute. And you could say, oh, well, there's only 55 seconds, 55 and you have seconds. Played portals. But the but But the, the Eagles got the ball back with like 30 seconds left and went and kicked a field goal. So at the very least, you could have gone and kicked a field goal. And I saw this stat yesterday. No team this season – no team this season – Had gotten the ball back with 50 seconds or more in the first half and taken a knee. And oh, by the way,
0: your kicker has missed a grand total of one kick all season long. He made a 50-plus yarder in this one. Split the uprights with his first two kicks. You have one of the best kickers in the league at least this year. Yes. Okay? 55 seconds. That is playing scared. That is playing ultra-conservative. And you cannot do that against that team and that quarterback in that stadium. And so, you know, you said the better team won. I'm not sure the better team won. The better coach coach and the better better quarterback quarterback won that game because the Jags went in there and they did what they wanted to do, by
2: and large. But Look, for the first half, for the first half, I'll give them this, absolutely. For the first half, they played perfect football, right? They played perfect football. For the first 27 minutes, because you're right, that touchdown right before the half changed everything. changed everything. everything. But, so they, they did exactly what they wanted to do, and they played as perfect football as they could have possibly played. And Blake Bortles was, what, 13 of 17 in the first half or something stupid like that before going 10 of 21 in the second half? Like, Blake Bortles, the clock struck midnight, and he went back to being Blake Bortles. Like, he went back to being a mediocre quarterback in the second half. And that's kind of what we saw. The game plan got conservative. They stopped doing what they did in the first half. They stopped putting him in position to succeed. And all of a sudden— now, instead of moving the ball downfield and taking up time at Eden Clock, you were giving it back to the Patriots. And this is really what we saw in the fourth quarter. of The Jaguars, just by the end of the game, couldn't sustain a drive. Right? And, and they couldn't hold on to the football. And because of that, the Patriots score with nine minutes to go and score with two minutes and 45 seconds to go. They scored two touchdowns in six minutes. I mean, that's insane. The Jags played not to lose. And we all know what
0: happens when you play not to lose. It's like a, a college basketball team that, you know, starts killing clock a little bit too soon, right? And they stop attacking, and they get out of their offense, and then instead of quality possessions, they're just killing time, and they're trying to hold on for dear life. And again, that works sometimes. That can work against Tyrod Taylor and the Bills when you're at home. That doesn't work when you're playing Tom Brady and... That team in that stadium, and you know, so I don't know if the better team won, but the better coach won. Certainly, the better quarterback won. The Jags need to figure out the quarterback situation because they have everything else. They have the defense. They have the running game. They even have some wide receivers. They just don't have the quarterback that they can trust. And Blake Bortles is fine if he's playing with the lead or if he's playing against a team that can't score a lot of points, like the Bills. But you put him in a situation where he needs to go out and win a game, and he needed to go out and win that game in the final two minutes. He's just not capable of doing it. No. So he's if not. you're Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone, and and management there, you you have to figure you know, that front office has to figure something out. They they need a quarterback. Blake Bortles is is but not knew their that quarterback. Into, in the we, we right. We knew and that coming into the weekend. They still almost won this game. Right. And so I guess my, my point is, is if you know that, if you know your quarterback cannot win the game, don't you need to take some chances to to make sure that you don't like. You had to know that if you give Tom Brady the ball back, they were going to go down and score. And yes. so instead of trying to keep the ball and go play action and be, and continue to be aggressive, because that's how they got the lead, was they were aggressive with the play-action pass and, and Fournette didn't do a ton of damage, but he did enough that it kept the Patriots' defense honest and was and it allowed Blake Bortles to complete some passes. Instead of staying aggressive and trying to win that game without giving Tom Brady the ball back... They tried not they to tried lose. They tried not to lose, and, and you cannot do that. So in my opinion... And, you know, obviously my feelings about Doug Marone have been known, the way he left Buffalo. Like, I, I don't think I'm biased in saying this. I think he cost them the game, the way that yeah. he coached the final
2: six minutes of this game. I don't think that's unfair to say. I think that they got conservative. They got scared. They tried to sit on a lead. Um, the other thing I would question is they they play Fournette a lot. And you understand that. He's the top running back. He's the the fourth pick in the draft. He's You know, he's the man. Um, but they were having a lot of success with their other running backs in the first half, and then all of a sudden they go away from it, right? And they were having a lot of success doing certain things in the first half that they didn't do in the second half, like you said, with play action and whatever it may be. And they made it very easy for Blake Bortles. And I know that some of this is also Bill Belichick, and he's the, the uh, what, the greatest, and if not the greatest coach of all time, what, second? Uh, you know, so I think he's he's up there. He makes great adjustments at That so That's kind of what he does. Uh, but they came out and I don't know that they adjusted enough and and the adjustment that they made was to go conservative and to get scared and to to sit on the ball and take the air out uh it, it just it didn't make any sense to me what they did and and that team had a lead and, and I couldn't help but sit there and watch um as they led by 11 early right and you're looking at this game and you're like it doesn't matter right like they went up 14 to three what in the second quarter yeah and you're like this doesn't matter. Like, it just doesn't, because the the we, we know what happens, right? Like, we know how this game ends. We know that this ends with the Patriots winning and the confetti falling on, on the field at Gillette Stadium and Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft and Tom Brady up on the podium. Like, it doesn't matter that they're going up 11 points. And I, I think that's the thing that, that I, I have to wrap my mind around, is that, like, they've just been so good and so dominant over the last 20 years that— when they are down by double digits, you're like, "Yeah, they'll they'll figure this out, right? They'll, they'll win this game. Like it's not over because we we know how this ends. Like it, it it's just mind blowing to me that that we've reached this point with with any team and and that they've done it now for nearly twenty years. I'm jealous because I I I, I truly
0: wonder what that feels like. Like if there are Patriot fans listening to us. Please call us. Like What What does that feel like to root for a team that you know is going to come back and win the game, no matter the situation? And they were talking a little bit about this on the Dan Lebitard show before we came on. I was driving down here and listening to it, and, and they were talking about just that, that you know – when push comes to shove, they are going to figure it out. I don't know what that's like. Like I, I look at it from the other side. I'm a Bills fan. How are they going to screw this up? You know, it, we've seen this before. Like the Randy Quaid character in Major League, with oh, you know, everybody else is cheering, and he's like, don't nah, don't. they're yeah. going to blow it. They're going to figure out a way to lose the game. Like that is. You know, the approach of a Bills fan, at least for the last, you know, 17 years. Maybe it'll change moving forward that they ended the, you know, this drought and, you know, hopefully there are brighter days ahead. I don't know what that feels like, though, to root for a team that you know that they will just figure it out. And again, I'm a neutral observer watching that game yesterday and I'm saying in the fourth quarter, you know, we know how this ends, just like we know
2: that the Patriots are going to win. It didn't it's matter, just a matter what happened how. early. It's right. just a matter of how. It didn't matter that the Jaguars jumped out to a double-digit lead. It didn't matter that they had a 20-10 to 10 lead, you know, five minutes gone in the fourth quarter. It didn't matter. Like, at the end of the day, the Patriots are going to win. And it doesn't matter that Gronk's not there. And it doesn't matter that Julian, Ed- Julian Edelman is out for the year. And it doesn't matter. Like, it, it just doesn't matter. Like... They've they've perfected this, right? It doesn't matter that their defense hasn't been that good over the course of this year, and they've perfected the bend but don't break. Like, it just doesn't make any difference. Like, they're just gonna win. I said
0: I'm jealous, and I am. And do I respect the Patriots? Absolutely. You know that I hate them. Is there another franchise slash team, whether it be college or in the pros, is there another team that we hate more? Like, if we're not a Patriots fan, obviously I'm not. You're not. Is there I mean, another basketball's
2: team? probably up there. Notre Yankees, Dame football. Yankees. Yankees are up I there? mean, there
0: are certainly other options. But is there is there truly another team slash program? you know, whatever it may be, college pro. Is there another franchise we hate more than the New England Patriots?
2: I don't think so because I don't think that anybody has been as successful as them over this period, right? Because even if you look through NFL history. Like, look at all the great dynasties, and and you could look at, uh, you know the the Steelers, and you can look at the uh the the Niners, and and you can look at anybody. Uh, this is twenty years. I, I mean, this is legitimately going on twenty years. And they're going to go to their eighth Super Bowl, and they're probably going to win again. And they're they're going to win six in, in 18 years. And it's not going to be with multiple coaches like the 49ers. It's not going to be with multiple quarterbacks like that 49er dynasty that they are, you know, that that's kind of the gold standard, right? Montana and Young and, and Bill Walsh. And it's, it's going to be one coach, one quarterback. It's going to be winning, uh, I think, more impressively than winning six. They're going to win three out of four twice. I mean that's that's insane. I mean they they just always win, and I think that you know we we could say oh nobody likes Duke, but Duke's won. How many titles in the right. last and five more, years? And there's right? more parity you know, in college, basketball, parody in college basketball, than, basketball than there is in the NFL right now, which is
0: is saying a lot because right. that's that league is known for its parity. Right. But again, you but you know, not really. Right at the end of the day, and it's been a, a crazy season. And you were talking to me about this, you know, before we hit the air. And you're right; it has been a crazy season. At the end of the day, you've got the two top seeds going to the Super Bowl. You've can got I, the Eagles, and you've got the Patriots, and they're going to play for for the whole thing.
2: Can I give you my my movie analogy? to this? You've seen Inception? I have not. You have not? Okay. Well, then I don't know that this is going to make but any sense to for you. For our listeners. So, in Inception, they've got, you know, they're they're in the dream world, they're in the real world, and uh Leonardo DiCaprio has has this thing called a totem, and it's it's supposed to set you straight, right? It's supposed to let you know if you're in the real world or if you're in the dream world. His is a top. You spin it. If you're in the real world, obviously it falls at some point. If you're in the dream world, it's a top. It's just going to keep spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. So we're in like this bizarre world, and you, and you don't know like the Jags just made the AFC Championship game, the Bills just made the playoffs, the Giants look like the Jets. Uh, you know, a second year quarterback was the was the uh, MVP frontrunner until he got hurt, uh, and you just don't know what's going on. And so you spin your totem, and, and in this case, the totem is the Patriots. Oh, they're in the Super Bowl. We're in the real world. Like, oh, okay, it's this weird year where everything's going wacky and nobody knows what's going on, but at the end of the day, you look up, the Patriots are in the Super Bowl, and you're like, oh, yeah, that all makes sense. Can I
0: say how proud I am of you that, that I you are a quoting reference? a movie
2: and you are making a movie analogy?
0: <laughs> I, I couldn't be prouder at this moment. We do need to take our first time out. Phone lines are open, 315 437 We want to hear from you on the NFL, on the Super Bowl matchup, on what we saw over the weekend. Keep it here. Orange Nation just getting started on ESPN Radio. Brent Acts 4 4-6, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Our take on the day's top stories. It's Today's Business on Orange Nation. We're back on Orange Nation. Max Burgandy is back with us. Time for Today's Business, brought to you every day by Grossman St. Amore CPAs. What do you have for us today, Max?
1: Uh, Well, I heard you guys talking about Nick Foles in the first segment of the Top of the Hour, and I just wanted to throw out some stats that I don't think you guys brought up. Uh, In the second half yesterday, he was 11 for 11 with two touchdowns. Perfect QBR, 99.9. You know how that goes out of 100. That's pretty good, right? Passer rating, 158.3. Nobody has done that on 10 or more attempts in the second half in more than 15 years. He was 10 for he 11. played a great game. 10 for 11 on third down, 75% completion percentage in playoff games. Do you know who the only other quarterback to do so in back-to-back games is? Yes. Joe Montana. Yes. He owns the second-best touchdown-interception ratio in a season trailing only who? Tom Brady. Well, how is he not good enough to get the job done, Seth? How, what is your? Non- that was five years what, ago. What is he not? That was. It doesn't matter. He hasn't got. He hasn't, it hasn't. He has not gotten the opportunity. There's a reason
2: why he hasn't
1: gotten the opportunity. Played, because
2: teams clearly haven't thought he's good enough to be right. But you the act starter like, and run the team. But you
1: act like he's Blake Bortles. You act like he's not capable look, of winning a look, game. He just put up 38. A, up until
2: the, a month ago, he wait, was wait, a backup he just quarterback. Up, he hung
1: 38 points on a Vikings defense that you claimed last week was the best in the NFL, yeah, which is he also false a really because good the Eagles. Game. He the played Eagles a have, really
2: good game, but you know what? The Eagles. But he's a backup quarterback, and I'm gonna take the team that has the greatest quarterback of all time over the one that's got the backup quarterback.
1: Right, but you were also wrong because the Eagles have the number one overall defense. Oh, sorry, NFL. my bad. Um, but I just needed to clear the air with that because obviously I have a problem with that. But I'm really happy that you're picking against the Eagles because it's fine. Gone, It's I'll gone keep, really, yeah. I'll keep it's picking gone really, against them. Really well for me this postseason. I'll keep picking
2: against them for I, you. I hope you do. I will.
1: Uh, you guys were talking about Bill Belichick and the dynasty a little bit in the last segment. Mike, I was thinking about this last night. Like, do you think that the dynasty extends further than just Belichick and Brady? Like, do you think that they'll be as successful without Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniels if they if McDaniels does take the Indianapolis job and like Patricia's already taking the Lions job pretty much? Like
2: Yeah, they'll be fine.
1: Do you think that they'll be as effective or like do you think they'll stumble a little bit? Like are you talking like I no, mean like, obviously they'll win the AFC probably but like I they, think they'll a, be they'll fine. They'll probably win their division, but like
2: they'll be fine look they, this happened already once like they they won three Super Bowls in four years and then their offensive and defensive coordinators both left and guess what happened they kept winning the division they kept going to Super Bowls and then they ended up winning Super Bowls again like this they, they, there was a a quote- unquote lull but they still won 14 13 14 games a year they still went and won their division they ended up going to Super Bowls and now they've won Super Bowls again. Like I, I, I don't. If Belichick stays, if Brady stays, I think they'll be fine.
0: Can I take that question one step further? And you alluded to it there at the end. You mentioned in the last segment you think Belichick is gone. If Belichick leaves and Tom then Brady I think it's is a little back, different. you still got Tom Brady. They're not winning that
2: division. No, they still win the division. They're just not the favorites. I don't know. That, See, they I still don't know. The I, I don't know
1: if they still win the division without Belichick and just I Brady. I think they would. I, I do think they would I do too I think it would be a lot closer though I don't think you'd be you know but like who's beating them in the division
2: like is is Belichick a three game gap between tw- what were they 13 and 3 or 14 and 2 four- 13 and 3 this year I believe there was they? is Belichick four games better than the Buffalo Bills <sighs> You know what I mean? Like like is he a four game gap? Like I don't know. Is he is he a one or a one game difference? Not, I think absolutely is he's he not four? responsible. I don't for think four. so. I,
0: it, I guess my point is I think they're winning the division. I think they're still the favorites, whether Belichick's there or they not. They probably are. I mean you've got Tom Brady, you've got Gronk, you I mean, again, they are the best team in the AFC. Does some of it have to do with the head coach? Of course. But he's not everything. So but I would
2: I would I'll I'll flip it the other way also. If Belichick were to leave and go to another team, that team becomes favorites. To win their division, uh, it depends cool. on the
0: team. Yeah, if he's going to the Browns, then no. Um,
2: I think it, de- it Hey, yeah, he's the last depends. coach to win a playoff game for the Browns. Okay,
0: so go back there and do it again.
2: <laughs> Playing <laughs> off Tom Brady with you. <laughs> Who do we you were think? having this discussion in the break. Would if you were running at like any NFL football team? Is there a coach that you wouldn't fire if I you say, had an opportunity to get?
1: I say Sean Belichick? McVay. You keep him because just because he's so young. And you saw the success he had in his first season. The I think only you keep reason, Sean McVay.
2: But the only reason I hesitate on him is like he did it one year. Like how many coaches have had one great year and Right, then flame. but you saw
1: what happened with Jared Goff last year to this year. It was It's not even close. And Todd Gurley's production is, as well. And right. the whole offensive production. They no, had, that's fine. Yeah, so but again, I'm, I'm keeping Sean McVay. Okay. And they have an amazing defense to go with that high-powered
2: offense. So
0: just hang on a second. So like... Is there a coach you wouldn't fire? Hang on. So, for instance, if Bill Belichick was the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, do you think the New Orleans Saints would be the New England Patriots? Yeah. If they have Drew, do you like, think if he, he, he was their coach next think, year, no, no, yeah, no, no, they're the favorites no, no. to go win no, 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 the no, no, NFC? No. If, no, he's saying If, in if the past. he if he has been so say he spent the last fifteen years with the Saints and it's Belichick and Breeze, do you think they are the New England Patriots? Yes. And I think and they're, they're winning think really They're winning good. Yeah. Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have think been really Belichick makes that big of a difference? They would certainly have more than one. Do you think he makes that big of a difference?
2: I think with that team. Well, it goes
1: back to the timeless debate of like, is Brady making Belichick or is Belichick making Brady? Like you can't you can't argue because you've never seen anything other than Belichick and Brady, so it's hard to say. But I think Drew Brees is just as competent, if not better, of a quarterback right. skill
2: set than Tom Brady. So Belichick makes that big of a difference. That's why I'm asking you. I mean, they definitely would have more than one Super Bowl, all right, over the last decade plus. Who's more successful when they
1: move on, Matt Patricia or Josh McDaniels? Patricia most likely going to the Lions. <laughs> McDaniels most likely going to the Colts. He gets Andrew Probably, Luck. Probably, I Patricia think Patricia.
2: Gets... I. I I, I really like Matt Patricia as a defense head wins coach in championships. And candidate. He's
0: the local guy, grew up in, you know, went to VVS high school.
2: I, I really liked him as a head coaching candidate. I think he's going to be really good. Yeah. Defense wins championships. I'll take the defense.
1: All right, and one more before we go. Do you guys know what the 12-year anniversary of today is? Kobe. Kobe Bryant scored 81 points in a single game, the second highest point total in a single game to Wilt Chamberlain's 100 points. I leave you on this question. Where does he rank on your list of most dominant scorers in NBA history?
2: Well, Wilt, because there was nobody who could guard well, he him. Also, yeah, he also played. <laughs> he played when, like, I
1: like a six-three yes. Max Bergani was playing center yes. in the NBA. Like,
2: that's basically what happened on his hundred-point night. Can we
1: exclude Wilt Chamberlain, please? And like, is Kobe the most impressive scorer in NBA history, other than Wilt Chamberlain, for obvious reasons? Is
0: see, this is one of those questions that before the segment starts, you should give us a heads up and be like, "Hey, so I'm going to think ask about it.
1: because this? you put us on the spot." I like. And, I like to just surprise you guys, but okay, fair.
2: Um, well, but here's the thing. Like there are probably guys right now, there are guys in the league right now who if if you told them go do that, like they probably could, right? Like like Steph Curry, if you were like, hey Steph, just score as many points as you want. We've had this like, conversation he could, before he could score eighty, couldn't he?
0: We've had this conversation Durant, before LeBron then could I, do the same thing. Kobe's last game, it was score as many as you can. Yeah. And it was impressive and it was fun. I would love to see like LeBron. And you know, almost like a video game type thing where you just you know, you set out in that game, I was gonna take every shot with LeBron. Gonna, yeah. I would love to see that. Yes. Like of the best players and just you know, go score as many Do as it you now. can. Yeah. Um Kobe had the ability to do that in real games because some of it was the supporting cast that he had. Obviously, he had the opportunity in his final game, like the coaching staff wanted no him one to cared, do that. Right. So I'm not taking anything away from his 81 point game. Like that's amazing. And to do that against any NBA team, and it's not Globetrotters against, you know, the Washington Nationals. It's Generals. are generals, sorry. Washington Nationals is a baseball team. Thank you. Um <laughs> it's it's not the Globetrotters, right? It's like an actual opponent. They're trying to right. stop him. So that was amazing that he scored eighty-one. But he actually had the opportunity to to go video games. Mode on a few occasions and to see what he could do.
2: Right. That's I would love what to see it present day. That's kind of what I'm thinking because, like, Devin, Devin Booker, like, kind of sort of did the same thing when he scored 70, but, like, his teammates were trying to get him to 70 and, like, they were fouling the other team so they got the ball back. Like, they were trying to get him there. Like, Will Chamberlain scored 100 because somebody on the Sixers looked and was like, oh, that guy's seven inches shorter than him. We should keep giving him the ball. That was the game plan. And so plan. they did. Right. <laughs> so, like, the game plan was, like, give the seven-foot-two guy the ball. Uh, like, that. I'm curious to see. Like, if you told Steph Curry, like, right now, like, go do whatever you want. Like, he could drop. He could drop 85, right? Easily, I think. I guess what we're saying is. Like, if you just told him, go take 40 shots, he would drop 80. You just
1: asked us, is he outside of Wilt, is he
0: the best scorer
1: in NBA history? Hang on, I just want to throw this in. I found on cheat sheet.com, I just Googled most dominant NBA scorers. They have Wilt at number five, Michael Jordan at number four, Kobe at three, Carl Malone at two, and then Kareem is number one. How do you argue with that? I mean, honestly. Like, I mean,
0: is Kobe a better scorer than Malone? Like I, probably. I, I, don't I don't know. know.
1: I he, mean, he did it so differently, though. Like No, I know,
0: right. And so those were both big guys. It's, it's a difficult question that's why I say, you know, you're putting us on the spot because I'll give you more heads up with stuff. Like well, this I think that,
2: next time. Well, I guess my point fair. is I think that if if you wanted to if you put another player in that game, right? If if you put a player, if you put LeBron right now or steph curry right now or kevin durant right now in the kobe role in that game do they also score 80 points and that, I guess that was, that's that's my point right. that's
0: what i was bringing up is that nothing like, is against answer, what he yes. did but i'm not sure that he's the only guy who could do it that, i guess that's right. what i'm saying we're saying the same right. thing seth like, and also, i mean i can totally
1: see kevin durant doing that like if and, you're just if he's not if he's all you got and you're just like okay he, you're gonna bring the ball up every time and well, you're and gonna steve, shoot the ball every and
2: time. and steve you pointed to his last game he, he scored 60 points on 50, on 50 shots. 50 shots. Right. Like, if you gave LeBron or Steph or Durant 50 shots, they're probably right. scoring more than well, 60. Well, and then when, he's,
1: when he scored 81, he did it on 46 shots. Kobe right. had the talent and he
0: had the opportunity. A lot of these guys have the talent, but they don't have the same opportunity. Like, right. again, given the circumstances or the roster or the fact that, you know, a certain team is out of playoff contention and it's, you know, just go score as many as you can or it's your swan song and just, you know, shoot as many times as you want. He had the talent and the opportunity. Some of these guys who had the talent, they don't have the same opportunity or they have more weapons around them. Can you imagine was, any Warriors player doing that? Well, I was just going to. There's ask- so many options out there. The,
2: the only time it happened was when, like, Klay Thompson was just in his zone and hit 40 and right. a quarter, Well, right? I was just going
1: to ask, do you think the talent now is better than the talent from back then?
2: Well, across yeah, I don't, the think, league, I don't think that's the a league, question.
1: It's obviously better.
2: Like, the athletes the are just better, athletes so better. The caliber of athletes is better than the caliber athletes of athletes yeah. back then. But the, the big men was,
1: back then looked like linebackers, and now they're string beans. Yeah, I mean, well, the, I the
2: games like, were different. Oh, Wilt well, wasn't
1: huge. Well, yeah, but then you look at guys like Carl Malone. And well, yeah. He's massive.
2: Yeah. I love how Steve Kerr said it when he was asked about, like, what— whether the Warriors would beat the Bulls. He's like, yeah, well, you know, those teams from the 50s are just better and more athletic than all of us, so we just shouldn't even try. Like, it's just such a great point. Like, athletes evolved and are better now than they were yes. then. That
1: is just fact, right? Hashtag yes. analysis.
2: Yes. Uh, that was today's business brought to you by Grossman St. Amore CPAs located in downtown Syracuse. Grossman St. Amour CPAs provides businesses and individuals with tax planning and tax preparation services and strategies to help minimize your tax liabilities, learn more about how Grossman St. CPAs can optimize the financial opportunities for your business online at gsacpas.com.
0: One final time out, wrap up the show right after this on ESPN Radio.